everyone, and welcome to Spiral Out Podcast. I'm your host, Chris West. On today's episode, we have Sean Cheatham. Sean did the portrait art for every member of Tool that you see in the Fear Inoculum booklet and album, like inside. Uh, and Sean also did the Fresno 2020 tour poster of The Skull. That's super awesome. He does a lot of cool remarks. He's probably the most amazing painter that I've had the pleasure of speaking to. The guy's just crazy, crazy talented. I mean, there's a reason to pick him to do, you know, portraits of them. So stay tuned for that. On some of the news end, we've been a little quiet on the send. It was a transitional period. Got some new branding coming up. A lot of cool new things in the works uh, for the future of the podcast and stuff. I can't talk about quite yet, but very fan orientated. Should be very interesting year. Pucifer finished their first leg of the tour. We got a whole nother leg coming up. I uh, will be in the last show at Prescott. Uh, I also recently went to Jerome, which what an amazing place that was. Uh, it's at the top of this mountain. If you have not been, please go. It's quite the interesting drive. Uh, a lot of beautiful scenery. The town of Jerome is uh, just very unique. And then the Pucifer store itself is something you just have to go to. If you're, if you're listening at this podcast at all, you, you know, you obviously have heard of the store and I kind of put it off for a really long time and happened to finally be, you know, within a couple of hours and I, I just had to go. I feel dumb for not going earlier. You know, they have a bunch of cool P Pucifer posters and APC posters and a lot of cool merch and super fun and get a gelato. The gelato was amazing. I got the plum one, the sorbet, delicious. The, uh, you know, person working there, River, super knowledgeable. We had a great little chat. Um, Steven, who was working at the store, was super nice. Um, you know, uh, door down was the uh, seller, the wine seller. And that was also fun. I'm, I'm not a drinker, so I didn't get any wine. But the lady that worked there was very nice and knowledgeable as well. And everybody was super willing to talk to me, and it was very fun. I Again, if you are anywhere near Jerome and have ever thought, like, I don't know, just go. It's it's well worth it. It's well worth the drive. Super fun. So uh, follow me on Instagram at spiral underscore out underscore pod. Website spiraloutpodbean.com. Uh, Facebook, Spiral Out Pod. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Sean Cheatham, Spiral Out. Most people don't have one of these microphones. I'm sure. could bring one of my like singing microphones in. I will say this. I think I would trade my mic skills for your drawing skills any day. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spiral Out Podcast. I'm your host, Chris West. Nice to uh, meet you, Chris. And on today's show, we have the very talented Sean Cheatham. Thanks right? for having me. Thanks for yep, coming on. You got it right. You know what's funny? I usually get it right. I don't know why, but I usually get it right. Um, yeah, a lot of people say Cheatham, which is probably how it was said in England back in the old times or something. Like Sean, or now. Sean Cheatham. But yeah. <laughs> Sean did the 
Fresno, January 15th, 2020 poster for Tool. And you also did the portraits that went inside the the CD booklet. Yes, that is correct. And did you, am I missing anything else? Did you do anything else with that? Um, I mean, I've done stuff that hasn't come out yet. Dang. A little bit, I think. Stuff you probably can't talk about, I'm guessing? <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Not yet. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess first question is, uh, how, how'd you get involved with the band? Um, having been an artist for many years, uh, let's see, first I went to school with Adam Jones's wife, Corinne. So I've known her for many, many years. And then because he is a, an avid art collector, he's bought some stuff for me in the past from shows. And so that's sort of how I got to know him. And when he was, when they were working on that album, he just gave me a call one day when I was actually driving out to Texas to see if I could do these portraits for this for the album. And I figured, yes, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll definitely do that. It was a very tight deadline and I wasn't at home, but I did have my paints with me because I was going to work in Texas. And so I just figured out how to do it and uh, got it done. So do you mind if we go into detail on how you did it? Because... I'm very curious about these uh, four portraits and like what the process was. Yeah, definitely. So he, I do a lot of teaching. I've been teaching for 20 years and he liked some of my portraits that were more loose done from, from live models done in classes and things like that, my demonstrations. And so he asked if we could do some portraits that had that feel, but with kind of an old timey vibe to them. And, um, because I was going to be out of town, and I think just because of the guys in the band don't, don't live in all the same places, we decided to use photography. So he kind of asked what I needed, and then I sent off some stuff to the photographer about how I would want it lit up just to kind of mimic the, how I set up in the classroom. And then they had some photos taken and sent to me, and I kind of picked the ones that worked. They also had picked their own clothing for the for the pieces, which I didn't really have anything to do with, except for Danny, who we had to kind of change a little bit to fit more of the theme, um, which wasn't too hard. It was just adding kind of different ruffles and ties and things like that. To was, match he, just, was he wearing a jersey in the photos that they gave you? <laughs> no, that would have been perfect. No, he had a, it was a suit, but it just was kind of wrong era suit. And uh, the other guys went for something a little more costume Is that... Is that why he looks a little irritated in, <laughs> in the <laughs> um, I always felt like that one looks like the Vigo painting. From, I agree. Uh, from yeah. Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. Was, it's actually one of my big questions. Um, so you get the photos of the band. Um, had, had you met them before or had any communication? I've only met Adam and know him. And so, no, I, I usually actually when I do portraits, I do prefer to meet people if it's a commission, just because it's like nice to get to know somebody from other angles rather than just the one photo. But, you know, there's plenty of pictures of them on the Internet and things. And, and it was a job and I'm actually trained to do illustration. So like being a hired hand is no big deal for me. And it was just how we had to get it done. So, you know, um, I think there was a few pictures maybe of each of them and. Some of them I might have liked more, but then we decided to go with ones they liked more. And, and you know, it's just, it was a little bit of a, it was a compromise or a collaboration of sorts. And then I just draw it out. I got, I got the four panels ready, like it's the size that I knew would be kind of easy to paint and not easy, but similar to the ones I do in classes. 
and then uh, painted them up. I had I had like three days to get four of them done, so it was a really kind of a, a marathon of painting for me. Jesus, <laughs> but I'm used to that. You know, being a teacher and having like limited time in class to do demonstrations, I've kind of over the years learned to paint pretty quickly and, and methodically. So it was just like time to get down and do a job. So you had three days. Uh, how big were each one of? So you They're did nine by twelve inches. So okay, like maybe the heads like in the four four to five inch range for each one, and I just kind of cropped them similarly to match. I didn't know what they were going to look like in the album, but assumed a square of some sort. But I still drew and painted some of the, the chest area, just because that's sort of how traditionally portraits are put on a page, or even sculptures, you know, with kind of the bust of the, with the clothing sculpted out in the shoulders. So yeah, I didn't really know exactly how they were going to crop them or how they were going to overlay all those, those uh, graphics over the top, too. So I just painted them, you know, according to Adam's orders, which was, just like I do in class, you know, this was a little bit looser style sometimes, but it was, I don't, when I'm doing a, a job like that and doing it from photos, it's hard to be more loose because I'm working with a photo that's pretty yeah you know, easy to see all the details. So, you know, it was, it was a balance. Paint them too big because they, I knew they were going to be shrunk down. Okay. So they, the, uh, they, they told you they, they were going to end up in the CD booklet? Yeah, yeah, I knew they were going in this album that was their this big album they were working on. But it was I was relatively early in the stages, I think. Um, you know, I, the, the designs weren't done. Everyone was kind of working on different things, all the artists at different times. So, um, yeah, I just basically knew do some portraits that are going to go in the album. That's all, I, that's all I knew. That's still pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I've done illustration stuff, but I never did anything like that. You know, it's more like fine art, but for illustration purposes what happened to the original photos you got were they just digital yeah they were just emailed to me and, and so yeah no, no actual printouts and Dude, I, I use I, would, a, I use a monitor i would love to everything. see those photos <laughs> yeah that's something i probably can't show dang <laughs> and then it's, they look like the paintings i don't believe you <laughs> i mean i'm sure they're very very similar but uh it'd just be again i'm not asking but uh, I, I am curious. Um, yeah, yeah. It'd be a fun thing, like 20 years from now, I guess, to be like, hey, look at yeah, this. Uh, interesting how they had to, you know, they posed themselves. And, but yeah, I don't. Did, did you have any uh, uh, saying on how they were posed? Um, no, they went for pretty standard. I mean, I think I mentioned you know, when I was talking to the photographer, I just mainly for me, it was like a lighting issue. Like, I want to make sure, like, uh, traditional portraits that I like, at least from the olden times, are, are sort of a, either like one window or one, one light source or just, you know, and, and photographers really like to, to flood lights into the two pictures to light up shadows and things like that. But I want shadows to be shadows and lights to be light. So um, I happened to know the photographer too, who, who was doing most of the pictures. So I was able to just kind of communicate with her about how those were done and there was still still lights, whether they're bounced off of some sort of something or other or extra light. So, you know, having a knowledge of, of form and things, I could kind of darken those areas as I painted or just not look at those things, and not add extra light to create more dramatic form in the lighting. What about the paintings? Where did those end up? Like, did you have to send those to each individual person or management or... Um, originally there was no plan. It was just kind of 
do the job and it was a job and, and I can do whatever I want with the paintings. And, um, but the, the, actually the label ended up buying them for the guys. So well, I just sent them all off. Right. Uh, cause you, I'm guessing you had to paint them and then like scan them to give them to them originally. Yeah. So that was really a tricky thing because the way oil paint dries and there's four paintings, it can be half dried, some of it, and some of the other ones would be fresh. And I want them to look, you know, when they, when things dry out, they get a little matte and flat sometimes with oil paint. And that's where varnish comes in and um, things like that. But I didn't have the time. So I was really like trying to make sure that I could get them painted, staying wet enough, looking so that when I had them photographed, that they would um, all look how I intended them to look. Um, generally you wait like six months to let something dry and then varnish it. And I just didn't, you know, like I said, I had like, it was, I probably had a week, but I made the, made the deadline shorter because I was trying to get them to the photographer. So I had a photographer in, that I just contacted, contacted some friends in Texas who, where I was headed to see if they had any photographers they worked with. And I was able to hook up with a guy who was able to shoot them pretty quickly for me. But at first I was thinking, well, I had pretty good luck shooting photos with an iPhone and I knew they were going to be small. I also had a, just a regular digital SLR camera with me and some lighting. So I thought, well, I'll try and do it. And none of that was working out. I even bought a new iPhone, the new iPhone that had come out at the time, maybe it was 10 or 11 or something, just to see if I could, you know, have a higher resolution version of the picture. But man, whatever they did with those new phones, they look, ter- they're terrible for taking pictures of art. I think because they cater to people taking selfies mostly, which they want to knock down the highlights on the face. Sure. And that's definitely not what I want, you know, when taking pictures of art. So I had my iPhone 8 and I show these to people sometimes like the two pictures of the painting, how it looked with the old iPhone and the new iPhone and how they look like the new iPhone. It was very crisp, but it was super flat and kind of everything was sort of peachy looking. I guess that makes you look healthy in your selfies. Um, so I was able to use the photographer and, and some of it was partially dried. I don't remember which ones I painted first. I may have started with Adams just because I knew him. And so that one was like kind of starting to dry out in the darks. Um, but it was, it was fine I was, because the photographer was able to, to do it quickly for me. And he take, took really nice photos, but so, it, was just, it was a little stressful, but just all jobs like that are. So I'm, again, I don't have much experience um, with photographers taking photos of um you know fine art but i'm guessing there's like a stand or something or they just like lay them on the floor and take pictures like i'm, I'm very curious about this i think uh, the the general way to do it with with two-dimensional art is like to have two lights with soft boxes maybe with um what are they called polarizing filters and polarizing sure. lenses that would so they'll shoot at 45 degrees on from either side usually so that the light is even from top to bottom and side to side, and then whatever kind of camera they use, whether they use film or digital. This guy used digital, so it's very quick. He can send me through the internet a very high-resolution uh, version of it, and then I could send those off. Color is just a tricky thing, you know, where yeah, like cause... he had the paintings, and he's able to kind of match them as best as he can and as, as the best as his equipment can, but to me it's always a little different. I feel like there's never been a photo of a painting like that looks as good as the painting or it's hard to say like if, if the painting is looks good in person i don't think the photo can ever really look better so it's just another interpretation of it agreed and that's just part of part of the deal so well i've 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 done videography a lot um 
I went to film school and whatnot, and I've I've worked with cool. tons of different cameras, and every camera is different. Like every camera's color yeah. is different. I mean, I've seen, I've taken two different cameras and filmed the same thing at the exact same time, uh, and you will get a completely, you know, just slightly. You know, the green's a little different. Yeah, the skin yeah, tone's exactly. a little different. You know, your net. Yeah, you know, it's um. So again, it gets it gets very curious. I am very curious to see what the different iPhone pictures. You probably can't share those either, but I'm going to ask. <laughs> I mean, I might be able to share them privately with you. Sweet. But they're just pictures of the paintings. So yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, th- I did post paintings anyway. So. Yeah. So you were talking about earlier how you like to meet your subjects. Yeah. That's very interesting to me uh, because in Sorry, I hope you didn't hear something that. Something glitched out there for a second. I just Can, lost you for a second. Again, your the art that I've looked at of yours is just so detailed. It almost looks like a photo, but uh, you know, not not really. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just so yeah, lifelike. Definitely. And what's your process like when you meet somebody and you you sit them down? And well, I mean, it's kind of changed over the years, just because I've been at it for so long. I uh, the reason I really wanted to meet the people in the beginning was just because like I painted from life mostly, and not for jobs, but for teaching and practice and for all my learning and, and you kind of really understand how light falls uh, you know, on a form in reality. And so when you go to photography, you can kind of figure out the things that, that are, are lacking from a two-dimensional version of it. And so I think that just helped me to kind of understand more of their skin tones and, their, and just the features. Like somebody might look a certain way from one angle, you know, and like, that's not really exactly how they look all the time. So I think getting a better feel for what the person's like would, um, or taking pictures from many angles and then picking the right one, I can always flip back to other photos to find things, you know, that, that are kind of obscured in the, maybe the photo I'm using, but I can figure it out through looking at another one. And so in painting from life, you can kind of just move around and, and lean side to side and look at something if you can't quite see it. And it helps you understand what's happening on the other side, even if it's not making it clearly into the painting it does help you understand what's going on so i think for me it was partially that and then a little bit of just the character of the person to understand what they were like as a person because there's something to that you know i think that i don't know if that's something i could explain about how i would put that into a painting but it just helped me if i know the person i can sort of bring out their character a little more or whatever i guess that's my next question because it it, it again, looking at your paintings, I feel like there's there is a intention emotionally, I guess, with the images. So yeah, and again, it's like, how do you explain how you captured that? Like, tell me how you told me a story visually. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's what it feels that's like. Something I feel like that's just something that I can't like. It's not explainable because even having been a teacher, you know, for so many years, it's like. It's not something I can teach people or, you know, some people just have it and some people don't. And I don't really feel like I personally would say I have it because I don't know what it is, but people maybe feel it in my work. And so, you know, it's hard for me to talk about, but because I don't really understand what that is other than just you for me, you. It's the experience. Yeah. Or, or just my just the general experience, you know, over time. But I do come from a family of artists, so maybe it's just in there. You know, my son's an amazing artist at a, at a very young age and like just something i think that's built can be built in something you can learn i'm sure too over time but it's not something that is easily 
explainable, the emotional aspect. And I think that's where meeting somebody from in person would help me get a feel for the type of person it is. And maybe, you know, maybe it just makes me more loose in parts of the painting more or, or more tight, depending on what type of person they are or bringing out certain characteristics of the person that might stand out more. I do think like if you think of like caricatures in art, you know, like political caricatures, those things can have a lot of emotion just based on like exaggerations and, and things like that, as opposed to maybe like a generic version of the person where there's no specific emotion. So I don't know, you know, I've, I've been told that my paintings, my portraits look like caricatures of the people. I didn't ever think that. I always thought I was just trying to match what I saw, but maybe there's something to that. And that's what I talk to people about in teaching. It's just like the, the subtle bit of caricature that makes somebody a unique person versus a generic person. I can, I can, I can get behind that. I can get, I guess I can kind of see that. Cause again, I think know. most people can like look at these, like a political caricature that has no anatomical correctness, but it feels like the person. And I, so I think there's really something to that. So I guess what I think you're saying is like your portraits, though anatomically correct, still are artistic enough to have an underlining meaning that isn't quite human or, or maybe I'm saying this wrong. Yeah, or extra human or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's hard hard to say. But yeah, I think you know, there's very few people I've come across um, painting from live models that I think, you know, I think almost anybody has something interesting for me to find when I'm painting. There's just been a few here and there maybe over the years that I couldn't find that character, but maybe it had more to do with their personality than their like looks on the surface. So is this character is, do you create like a story even? So say you meet, met me, right? And you didn't know anything mm-hmm. about me. And you're like, I'm going to paint this guy in his weird face. You sit down, you talk for like five, 10 minutes. And then and you said, you, do you usually have the person stay there the whole time you're painting? Or is it mainly a photos now? Or you say it's changed? It's, it's changed. I mean, I've had people request that they, they do, I do it from life and you know, then they have to sit as long as I'm painting and, and I've been able to paint, <laughs> you know, I, I paint much quicker than I used to, but, um, for commissions and things like that, I generally just use photography, um, because for me, it's just as easy to paint from a photo because the photo won't move. I can paint at any hour of the day. There's a lot of pressure painting from a live, live model oh, and yeah. I do it, for, but, um, you know, that's different. When I'm teaching, I'm trying to just talk about certain things to students and not trying to, like, please somebody through their portrait. There's a lot. Of, like, the pressure be, of making somebody look like they feel like they look. Oh, that's got to be is, so strange. Yeah. Like, and you never know what you're going to get. I've had people who are super happy with it and they think it feels just like them. And I've had people who feel like it looks nothing like them or they're missing something. What do you do in that situation? I just try and like work with them, you know, and, and figure out what it is. Hopefully if they're nice about it, um, I can, you know, try and work it out. I, I'm okay with changes and I understand that's part of the process. And There's sometimes that. I'll do a little study or even like some digital manipulations ahead of time just sure, to, sure. you know, I mean, there's, I used to do a lot more photo editing um, when I was setting up a portrait. Just, you know, not, not everybody likes all their wrinkles and, and most, a lot of people who Would are buying weight. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Like anything like that I know people don't like or, that, or, you know, I've had people tell me what they're self-conscious about. So then I will adjust it in Photoshop or whatever. And most of the time they don't know I did it. They just think, oh, that's a great photo of me or whatever, you know, and that's what the goal is. I want them to feel like 
it's the version of themselves they like or want to see. I've had, I've actually gone too far with people a little bit where like a husband would be like, oh no, actually her jaw's usually hanging lower on the left and her <laughs> eyes are more crooked than I'm like, well, yeah, I know, but like, geez, like come man. on, bro. <laughs> just trying to like make a portrait of her, like, you know, that was nice. But then I had to like make her crooked and, and it's like, oh, that's better. <laughs> okay. I guess, cool. uh, what is that? Uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your Fresno one. Let's talk about that. Um, did you do the Fresno painting before the portraits or after the portraits? It was definitely after, I think that one, the deadline for that was like kind of right before the show. So was it February or January? January show maybe. Yeah. Your show Um, was. So it was due like in the December of, of that, you know, before that, like before Christmas, maybe. I happened to be in Texas again. <laughs> so my girlfriend's dad lives in Texas and she's from Texas. So we go out there a lot and I was just visiting again and I got the call from Adam and it was time to, to do something. Um, I had some different ideas. I was just trying, it was really open to whatever I wanted to do. And that's kind of what they, how they left those. There was no requests. And, and Adam's just a great like fan of art. So he just, if he likes your art, he lets you run with it. And that's what worked. Um, so I had, I was trying some things and just trying to figure out some ideas, thinking about like where all the signatures were going to go, where the tool logo was going to go. And, you know, I, I didn't really know, I think at that point, you know, I didn't, there was a few posters maybe out for that tour. Um, and then I was like, Fresno, <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm, um, I hate Fresno, but, right? but it was okay because it was actually Adam's birthday. So that was fine. And I'd lived close enough to Fresno being in LA that like I could at least go to the show. Um, but I had definitely gone to Fresno as a youth playing hockey and I, there's not many places I hated more than Fresno. Um, so I was just messing around with the iPad on that one, actually digital painting, because I knew it'd be the easiest way. I was doing a lot of digital painting. I love it. Just, I like all mediums, but it was, um, that, that skull came from a, it was a, I actually have a real version of that that my son made when after Halloween, he just like saw some videos on making, using like um, PVA glue and toilet tissue to like make just like gross peely skin stuff. So we basically just bought a leftover skull from Spirit Halloween or one of those stores. And then he just started decorating it with the toilet paper and the glue and then did a whole bunch of painting on it himself. And then we kind of just made it look like just raw meat. And it really did because we actually held it next to a roast that I was making one day and it, it looked like <laughs> part of the same thing. But then I just took some, you know, fun pictures with, with the iPhone, one of the portrait settings maybe and, and a darkened background. And I had a cool picture in my phone. And at some point when some of the other ideas I was messing with weren't working out for me, um, I uh, just, started painting that and it just kind of came together and became the thing. Um, and then I added the, uh, the bluish turquoise smoky stuff coming out to sort of connect because I knew it would go up into the lettering and down to the bottom. And I think I must've known people were doing the remarks too. So I kind of left space for, for doing that stuff. And of course, if I did another one, I'd do it differently, but it's just sort of happening and that's what came out and, it's a short deadline and the open sort of request. I, I just sent that off. And I like it a lot, actually. It seems a lot different than a lot of the other ones. Um, 
again. Yeah, fact, I mean, there's there's such a range of posters oh that I enjoy. And, and, again, and that, a that, whole bunch of my friends have done them. Fair enough. Uh, it's partly why I started this podcast. I mean, it's the number one reason I started this podcast is because the art just went all, you know, from every spectrum and dozens yeah, and dozens yeah. of people with dozens cool. of stories. and Yeah, a lot of people that don't usually do illustration or, or, or band posters and things like that, which I, I just enjoy. It's been, been cool and the range is crazy with those posters. Have you done any other work with bands? Um, no, not really. I mean, that's, that's just about it. I mean, it was plenty of work for me for that, those few years or so. It was kind of perfect during, I don't even, I guess it wasn't quite pandemic times, but it was, it was a great, like, they've been really great to me and, and plenty of work, um, for that period of my life. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk about the remarks because I love your remarks. Yeah. Um, Thanks. and it, it's awesome to hear that you had kind of the uh, planning ahead type, you know, when you're doing it. So you you had you had some what is it foreshadowing uh, in your yeah, brain? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I probably it, that might have been because of Jeff Mentrup. Um, he's a good friend of mine. We went to school together, and he actually lives next door to me. And so um, I, he had done this the LA one ahead yeah. of time. So I kind of knew what was about to happen with it. And, and then he really like kind of stepped up the game of the remarks. I feel like, and made everybody <laughs> feel like they needed to do more. Um, uh, so yeah, that kind of worked out. And then in the beginning, I was just like doing kind of small little things here and there, because I think the people, most people were just doing very simple little doodles, line art things, you know, even sort of similar to the, the amount of work Adam puts into them. And and then it just kind of started to take off where people wanted more and more things. And it's pretty fun. And I'm glad now I have all that space on the poster to work with and really kind of change the themes. Yeah, because it, it seems like cool. you, you more than most, maybe maybe Nantrip too, but you like play with the your painting. You know, you, you have like the hands that are going into the, to the dirt. You did like a pirate thing and... Because I, I see a lot, a lot, a lot of remarks. And uh, like you said, most of them are just kind of like line art or like icons or, you know. Some, yeah, and I mean, small. I started doing, I did start it like that where I just was like, you know, skulls are always cool. So I'd throw a skull at the bottom and maybe incorporate it into the little heptagram at the bottom or in the lettering because I've been into kind of the engraving arts more recently, like playing with scrolls inside the lettering or decorating them. But some of the bigger ones actually came from like my original ideas, which you to do like crowns and mohawks and things like that, but using more decorative scroll-based elements. And then I started getting requests, and like the, the hands one was actually a request to see. And I was like, that sounds hard. And like <laughs> most hard because I'm like, there's no room with the signatures, you know? Like they put them right in the big blank spot, and. and and they put them with weird colors like orange and purple and green. I'm like, those colors don't even match. Um, but I was able to find some prints and, and work with people on different things and, and how, how I could, you know, now, now I work around the signatures and I think it looks actually okay, but I was scared to get too close to the signatures because I know how seriously everybody takes everything. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to like impose on the signatures or, or do any of that. Um, but yeah, the hands one kind of was the first big one, I would say. And that was a request. And I just figured it out. I mean, I think I had some other ideas for hands, but not just like 
to make the skull have hands because it just felt like that's really cramped in there. But it, I think it worked out pretty pretty well. No, I think all of the the ones I've seen that you've done have been awesome. You know, the octopus one, pirate one, that's hands good. one. What? Thanks. Yeah, I've got a couple bigger ones coming up soon. Just through requests, you know, people that have specific things they want. And I kind of enjoy like having people tell me their ideas and then working with it. Still have a stack. I'm just like I was slow to move them out. I should have moved them out like pretty quickly, and I think that was sort of I was just so busy doing other things. I didn't have the time, and that's when I started doing like the quicker remarks in the beginning, and the prices that they were going for were you know comfortable enough to just do a quick thing or, or just a signature and send them out. But then I started getting the requests and, and liking some of that stuff. So I do have a decent stack left because of just how much I don't. Good to know. Don't work on Good that. to know. <laughs> I don't know exactly how many, but it feels like a pretty decent stack. Fair enough. The tool community. So I, your poster was a little uh, early on in what I consider like this tour is like grand. You know what I'm saying? It's like two legs of the tour. I think like Definitely. 36 in each or something. And yours was relatively early on. Yeah. Uh, have you seen a change in like that? poster community and like like you said in the beginning people were getting just kind of these small things and now and then they were getting big ones and i i guess so you know like i i feel like in the beginning if i just put them all up with signatures and a price on my site i could have just like sold them all quickly um no matter what kind of remarks were happening and then i i mean i think i Again, I do feel like Jeff Mentrop changed what people wanted with Remarks and started having just requests and seeing what people could do. Um, I don't know if it changed with other artists, but it did change, I feel like, with what I've noticed with the collectors, people feeling like, oh, well, they can ask for more things. Um, but I'm not, like, fully, like, in the community, I would say. You know, I've, I've, I know a handful of the people that are really into collecting the posters and some of the people that run the forums and things like that. And, you know, people tell me about like how the market's going and, and it definitely seems like it goes up and down and seeing what people put things on eBay for or whatever. Um, for me, it's just like people are now wanting more stuff on them. And, and see, I think after I did a few, like the, after the hand specifically, I think because it really changed the poster, people, it opened doors for people to like have some ideas, you know, that, that I would be willing to do and, and requesting them. And so, I mean, those require a lot more work than just adding a signature. So oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I had to charge more because it's just work. You know, it's like a, some of them could take me a, a day of work. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've seen, and, and now, you know, I'm getting people have, who are requesting some cool stuff, but it's definitely a little more like the, the jobs are a little more involved and, and bigger, and I'm doing less and, and, and slowly, work, you know, working on them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Like, I don't I don't follow the, the the market too much or the trends, so I don't know. But for me, that's changed. Where I'm now, it's just like now, what, how how much how much can I change what the poster looks like and, and change the theme or, or add a theme to it? Because I was doing a lot of the lettering and stuff, and lettering seems like a simple change, I think, because it's just letters. But like doing like the leaves and stuff, sometimes those would take me so long. I was getting a little frustrated. Where it's just like kind of tedious stuff to me yeah but i like how they look a lot but i'm just like oh my god lettering is like i don't know if, it, if people care enough to change the lettering i've only seen a couple i've only seen a couple of artists mess with the lettering 
I think maybe yeah. one other person other than you, but it, de- it definitely yeah. does give it like a whole new feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think some of them I was doing, I felt like the lettering almost was like, you have to do something big with the skull too. Otherwise the lettering takes over the poster too much. And, but for me, the lettering just came from like, again, studying engraving and like, I, I, that's where my interests are learning kind of the language of the scroll and, and, and engraving. And so I was naturally drawn to wanting to, to mess with the lettering, and just kind of fancy it up a little bit. And then now people are having requests for like, to like kind of do stuff within the lettering that matches whatever theme we're going with with the skull. Have you ever had to turn down requests? Like, no, I'm not going to do that, bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, here and there, like, I, I, I was doing some um, where I made the band, like, from the portraits I had done, I, like, kind of made their faces into skulls, but I was just doing them on the back of the poster just to have, like, a secret image. Um, I had posted, I think I posted some of those, maybe I only put them in my stories, but, and I sold a few of those, you know, a lot of people didn't like the idea of it being on the back, but I thought, well, you know, it's just kind of like, well, I'm the guy that did the portrait, so I did this version of skulls, and then I put them on the the back just to have a secret image and um, at least one person did frame it like with glass on both sides so you can kind of flip it that's why i just thought it you know to me it's also like it's just like something on the back that like years down the line people could maybe find and it's a, it's a cool little image of the of the similar to the things in the album by the guy who did this portrait you know no that sounds awesome <laughs> i think that's really cool of you actually well, then the requests were like to have those on the front. And I'm like, I can't do those on the front because it's just like the, the way the signatures are, it's just going to become a weird mess of like, looks like a bunch of stickers on the thing, you know? Um, so I turned some of those down and, and, you know, but for the most part, people have cool ideas that I can work with. You know, they're, they're not so specific where I'm limited, you know, I get to kind of work with, with uh, even nope. work with my creativity still. Nobody's asked you to put legs on the skull yet? Not yet. <laughs> Not quite. I, I, think, think. I, I think I'm going to go in that direction. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so now that we've kind of gone through the tool stuff, I'd like to know a little bit more about uh, your history and whatnot and you as a person. Um, I know you said you came from, your family came from uh, our, our artist as well and your son is an artist. Uh, do you remember when you started having an interest I've had an interest my whole life. It was definitely something that I grew up around and doing. Um, I grew up in San Francisco, born in the late 70s. And uh, my mom, my dad's from Northern California, and he's a jeweler but, uh, my whole life. And he was, so he was doing a lot of artistic things, but he was also drawing um, as I was, when I was a kid um, with us and stuff like that. And my mom, who her side of the family, she's from Hawaii originally, and her side of the family is all Chinese. And so we have a lot of artists on that, that side of the family. Where my mom was, a, uh, my grandfather was a painter, sculptor. My grandmother, who lived in San Francisco when I was growing up, was very artistic and would draw with us. And she could draw out of her imagination. She would make clothing all the time, just from make her own pattern. So just a lot of creative people. Um, one of my mom's cousins who came over from China when I was pretty young, he was young, but he was cool. He had like a motorcycle and, and he would, uh, draw with us and, and all, all the time and we'd draw motorcycles or whatever. So it was just around, you know, it was just part of life growing up and I didn't think of it as a career. I just thought of it as something that we did. 
Um, my younger brother is an artist too, and he works for the Simpsons drawing background. My older brother is actually an engineer, but he does, he was drawing too when we were kids, just because it was something that we did. So, um, yeah, I didn't really think of it as a career. I just went through normal childhood life in the, you know, 80s and thought maybe someday I'd be a firefighter. I really did think that that's what I was going to do or like a cowboy or an astronaut or something cool. <laughs> um, but then when I went to college, finally, like after high school, I, I went, um, I graduated and then went to a community college just because I felt like I had to go to school still. And I just found myself dropping out of all the classes and just taking the art classes over and over again. Yep, my And I was, it was, I was a natural at it. It was something that came easy to me and teachers knew it and they would let me, it was pretty easy because they would let me like do whatever I wanted while everybody else in class was like working in classes. Like you could just go outside and draw. I'm like, hey, cool, I guess, or whatever. Um, and then I, I met this one watercolor teacher in college who there who was really like, he was doing this photo realist stuff, which I actually haven't talked to him in, since then. And I just went to a show of his last weekend. And it was awesome to see some of the things like that I remembered from college. Um, so he was a big inspiration where I just like, he was a professional artist and he had all these like older folks in the class who were taking his class all the time. And it was a watercolor class. And, and I really like, I, I kind of latched onto that class and that teacher and just kept taking it over and over. And then, through, some, through him and some other teachers. And then my mom, one of my mom's cousins who went to Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles, Pasadena more specifically, they were all encouraging me to go to that school. And I thought at that point, I wanted to kind of work on Star Wars and those kinds of things. And so I left San Francisco at age 20 and I moved to LA and just tried to go to school and, and I got in and never looked back. And that's where I, I started started at all like the serious kind of study and the career version of it and i haven't had any other jobs or careers since that did was you, like 1998 did you ever work on star wars no i mean i have done some stuff for like george lucas for a book a star wars book i just had this huge painting of george lucas in my living room that like it was part of this big book project where all these artists were doing star wars art that wasn't they weren't normally people who did that kind of art and, and so this huge project um so i did get to work you know sort of for him he had to approve the sketches and everything had this huge contract about like the rules about what we could do with it or not do with it so um i ended up just not wanting to do illustration work is what it was because i fell in, in the beginning of my training we started doing oil painting and and then i just fell in love with oil painting and having teachers who were showing in galleries i thought well that's cool you just get to do whatever you want and sell it like that sounds more like what I want to do. So um, I went down the path of kind of doing fine art for galleries and thinking about being a teacher of painting. And by the time I graduated, which was in 2002, I um, had gotten into a, a gallery I wanted to show at and sold a bunch of stuff and gotten a job teaching at this new um, figurative art school that was opening in LA. And so like all the things I thought I would do when I was 50, I was doing, you know, in my early 20s. And it just kind of never, I never stopped, never looked back. And then I, I've done illustration since, but like it took many years for me to actually do some illustration. And I, I sort of did the fine art thing for a long time. Do you remember the first like big painting? Cause I've listened to some of your podcasts and, and your other ones. And I, 
I understand that like some of your portraits go for thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, yeah. Do you remember like the first big one you sold? You're like, what the hell is fucking fifty thousand? Yeah, it was, it was at that at that gallery I was showing at. So a bunch of guys I knew that were kind of young but ahead of me were, were doing well, and and that kind of guys doing that stuff. And I got into the gallery, and I just through a connection through teaching, I got into the gallery with somebody one somebody who saw my work. And then I gave him some of the big paintings I did in school. And some of them were like, like I had done some religious theme paintings that just because I grew up Catholic and maybe needed to get it out of my system. For sure. But like some of those paintings like that, like I did this huge crucifixion painting. I mean, huge for, for me at the time, four by eight feet. And he had yeah, it. He huge. liked it. And <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. And, and that was just stuff I was doing in college, like trying to finish up for my, you know, to get my degree. And those he sold some of those for like ten thousand dollars and i was like well this is cool i like this job right. you know right <laughs> out of college so it, was, it was great it was, and then that just sort of it never you know sort of rolled into showing with another gallery who raised my prices eventually like maybe like 400 percent during that time and you know, it was just it just kind of was a good time for for coming out and doing the fine art and, and uh but then eventually you know economy affects that that career and then I maybe had to focus more on teaching and things like that. Teaching will always be something that I can do and I like doing. And people, you know, no matter what the economy is doing, people want to take classes. So um, I've sort of just gone back and forth with doing gallery stuff and doing commissions and doing um, the, the teaching. And then at some point, teaching for me was amazing because I got a full-time job teaching, which was paying me a really good salary for like a short amount of work per week. And then I was teaching some Hollywood people privately and there and, and weekly for you know a good period of time. And then I started traveling to Europe to teach. And so like I'm like, wow, teaching's great right now. Like I'm just gonna teach. And so I've been teaching a lot. But this, this is my twentieth year of teaching I mentioned earlier, maybe, and this is the first year I've kind of taken the most time off from it. My gift to myself in my twentieth anniversary. You're just like, All right, I'm I'm gonna chill. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to chill. And I moved out of L.A., so like, uh, my girlfriend and I live in a house like north of L.A., but we're kind of on the edge of the wood, and it's just harder to travel now for me. And, sure. And, and during the pandemic, I was forced to stay home, and I just like traveling so much for teaching, like all over the country or, or to Europe or whatever, that I just wanted to like stay home for a bit, and I wanted to spend more time with my son. And those two things were, you know, had to happen because of the pandemic, so it was just like perfectly, like, oh, it was great. I'll take another pandemic. Right, you're like, eh. stay home and work. Yeah, you're like everybody's having such a terrible time. Not me. This is great. Yeah, I'm like, stay <laughs> home. I'm spending all this time with my son. It's was, it was great. I feel like the fine art that I've seen, you, you, you still have a particular style that I very recognizable. I feel like if I had your paintings up against a few others, I'd, I'd probably be able to pick them out. But uh, yeah, maybe not. I mean, it's probably like it's definitely like a. a I'm sort of a, a mix of all the people I learned from, sure. I, I guess, you know, and I think I hear that a lot and I think that's sort of true, you know. Um, I guess my real question uh, with, with saying that is, did you notice when that started to happen? Like, cause again, I'm, you know, no, nobody, nobody starts off and maybe you did, but nobody starts off great. You know, I'm guessing you yeah. had to learn over time or like, move in certain directions of like, okay, I like the way this goes or I like this technique. And do yeah. You, do you, can you touch on that? Did you, did you notice? 
I think when I started studying seriously, you know, every everybody I learned from, you kind of just take a little bit from them, and you and if you like their work, you try to paint like them. And I've uh, been guilty of my whole career, just like looking at other people's paintings and being like, God, I wish I painted that or painted like that or whatever. But in the end, I always have to remind myself, like, I do what I do, and other people wish they do it, wish they could do it the way I do it. And so I've just sort of, I think. You know, I'm just a little, a little bit of everybody I've learned from in a way. And then whatever other influences now are coming into my work from just doing other things. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it, it's just happened over intense years of study. It hasn't really been a hobby for me. It's been, been quite a, you know, so far long enough career of, of, of being busy and doing tons of stuff. And, and then, you know, sometimes the galleries like say, oh, well, I want more of this. And then that kind of becomes your thing for a while. Or, or if you resist, which I was often known for doing, then I wouldn't do it or change, change it up a little bit for myself. But yeah, I think we're, it's important to take from the people you learn from, but then still be yourself somehow. And, and I don't know if that's something I've done so consciously or not. But yeah, I don't want to just be like a copy of all, any of my instructors, but I'm sure there's little bits of everybody that I've looked up to in there somewhere or whatever artist in history I might be trying to mimic or, or learn from. Do you have any type of like, uh, I guess the word I'm going to use is ritual, but like when you start, do you have to like be in a specific space, headspace? Do you have any like, all right, I get my coffee and I put on this or I don't have any, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, Usually, I definitely have to have coffee every day. I mean, that's part of my just daily ritual, for sure. Um, you know, the, the setup's important to me, just as far as, like, having decent lighting and being able to, like, not be distracted by the changes in, like, the sun or something. Like, I like a studio with artificial light, so I know every time I go in, it's the same. Um, painting also requires a lot of setup, just squeezing out the paints and making sure your brushes are ready and everything's there, so... I do kind of get tired of that sometimes, but um, since I've moved um, into this, I've been living in a much bigger house than I used to live in, like when I was living in the city. I don't really have like a permanent setup now, so I do sort of jump around. Like I'll paint currently in the corner of this like huge bedroom that I have now, and it's been so big and like compared to my old apartment that I've actually moved my guitars and amps. There's one down here next to me just to this corner and I've moved an easel in here and so like I've painted in here but I never set up lighting so I actually use the daylight and then I find myself getting super frustrated with it so yeah I mean I should have more of a setup a ritual for that part of it but I don't currently and the other day I was like my son's painting right now in the living room and I was painting out there and, and just relying on the natural light because of the space we have uh, but uh, yeah music I like to have music but then sometimes I just get started and there's no music and I can paint through it I do know I've noticed like if I'm putting in a, a day that's maybe longer than eight hours or whatever working at some point, like I'm burning out, like I might put on music that like I listened to when in college or something that kind of takes me back to those simpler times and it helps me like just power through something. But yeah. There, there could be a lot of different things. Nowadays I feel like the ritual is a little different and I'm spending a lot more time. Like I make doing blacksmithing, making knives and focusing on engraving and things. So, my painting rituals have sort of changed where I'm just like, I got to do a job. Let's do it. Or even like when I did the portraits for tool, like I had lighting with me and I had to set it up in a corner of my girlfriend's father's house just to make it work. But the lighting was what really helped me um, 
made sure I was not, not dealing with any environmental changes while I was working. I could just focus on it for multiple hours and work straight through. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm very curious about having to set up in your girlfriend or is it girlfriend or your wife? Excuse me. Girlfriend. Uh, her uh, dad's, you said like, like living room? Like, does it feel forward? Yeah. Like, was it uncomfortable or? No, because I, because I've been teaching for so many years and it's like when I teach, I don't teach while well, I was teaching at the college that I went, that I went to for many years and I was full time there, but doing workshops, like I'm totally fine, like working in whatever space. And like, I just got back from teaching in Italy. You know, it's like, you just deal with what you got. Hopefully the lighting's pretty good, but I have a portable setup and I'm used to like, sure. I'm used to that. And I think you know, that's where teaching really helped me. And that's why we're now like, I'll just like, okay, we're hanging out in the living room. All right, I'll just grab my portable easel and we'll set up out there and paint. And I get a little frustrated with the lighting and stuff, but like I can do it. And, and so that didn't bother me. And he had plenty of space. I think I started the portraits in the living room and then maybe I did the last two in a, in a, just an extra guest room, you know, small one. I could put this may, the this lighting. As long as the lighting is like the right color, gotcha. then I'm good. This may be a too personal question and I'll cut it out if it doesn't work, but does your family ever get frustrated or they're just like, are you painting again? Like, can we just watch fucking stranger things? <laughs> no, never. No one. Well, like my girlfriend's a professional artist. My son loves art. And, you know, my, you know, nobody's like, they care. They know. Yeah. That'll cut and that even like <laughs> I was married before to my, my son's mother and you know, it was like I had to work. Everyone knows there's no, there's no like, oh, you can't can't work now because bills got to be paid. So if I'm working, I'm working. Right. Uh, See, so you said you did uh, the Tool Fresno poster mostly digital. Like it was a uh, photo that you kind of manipulated digitally? I did not manipulate a photo. I just used a photo As that reference. I took. Gotcha. And yeah, so I'd actually really like keep it away from the iPad where I'd actually just have it on my phone separate from the iPad and I'd just look at the picture and interpret it. I don't know if I ever posted a video of, of it. Um, and the, the program I use, Procreate, on the uh, iPad, you can actually, they, they record time lapses. So it's like the sketches in there somewhere. Gotcha. And I just started with kind of a graphic version of black and white skull. And then I started using like these airbrushing tools in the, in the program to like get some textures and then just, then just layered it. But it was all done sort of like how I would paint in, in, in some way. But yeah, no, no photo manipulation. It really doesn't. Not even drawn quite like the skull looks in the photo. I guess the where I was getting with that is um, how how much digital art do you do? Um, I'm pretty late to the game with digital art because I've been such a traditional painter for so long, and even some of my friends that I kind of came up with painting like were surprised when I finally bought an iPad. But it, and it took me maybe like a year or so to to actually embrace the iPad after I bought it. And I think the first time I really forced myself to use it was for a job where I needed to design something and I knew it would be the fastest way to design it where I could then bring the iPad to the client and show them. And so I just forced myself to sit down and, and, and do this one job on it. And then I got the hang for it. And then I really started to like it. And then some other people showed me how they use it for teaching because you can kind of take pictures of students art and just manipulate it for them digitally and then don't have to actually touch the painting. So... And I, I just really started to like what you could do with it. And now I, I, one of my favorite mediums, it does affect my oil painting because sometimes like I'll think I can zoom in with two fingers or something or, or like undo something <laughs> like with a 
You're and saying, I have to like remind oh, myself. Come on. Yeah, like, I've actually been guilty of like looking at a magazine and try to zoom in on it like, right, yeah, with my fingers or whatever. Um, or just like the undo, you know, the thing yeah. you can like, the amount of stuff you can do so with, with so freely without without regret. You know, I can just I try and I undo, and then when I get if I do too much of it, and then I haven't been oil painting in a while, I sometimes I'm a little haphazard with the oil painting and have to remember like. I can't undo that. I got to mix a new color and actually carefully fix it. So it does, it does, you know, it gets in the way a little bit, but if I jump around a lot, it's all kind of related. So is most of the work you're doing these photorealistic paintings? Uh, Cause you say you had another job. Uh, I'm just curious if, if you're just mainly drawing people. I mean, right now I'm still dealing with posters. I've got some portrait commissions. You know, people love the portraits. It, it, a, lot of, a lot of times it's maybe deceased people's family, which I can't meet. So I just, you know, but I, I'm fine being a hired hand. It's been something I've trained for and, and practiced a lot. Um, I'm working on a show for next year that, I, that my girlfriend and Jeff Mendrup and his, his wife will be involved with the four of us are doing a, like a dark, dark Western themed show at a gallery in LA. Cool. Um, so that should be fun. And that's just painting whatever we want within that theme. I'm doing a lot of music right now just because it's, I, I like the balance of that. I, uh, I built a big chess set last year for Michelle Pfeiffer, which was a big commission I did. What the hell? <laughs> I've just like worked with her through teaching and stuff for many years. Catwoman? She knew I was, yeah, yeah. And so I was doing a bunch of metal work and she knew it. And then I think the Queen's Gambit came out and she's like, would you be interested in building me a chest set? And I'm like, yes, definitely. Didn't realize how hard it was going to be to make 34 sculptures. Um, but I built that for her and had it delivered by Christmas. I'm still trying to finish up a few things like the storage box for the pieces, but they're not really involved with what the chest set needs to be played. So. Um, That's pretty I got, awesome. I got a couple couple knife builds I'm working on for people. I don't do that much for commission because it's hard work, and for what people are willing to pay for knives, it's uh, you know, it's like you have to it has to be like my paintings. It has to be it's a piece of art that it takes the time, and, and it takes me more time than painting. So if someone wants to commission me, it's got to be kind of either the right job or the or the right amount of money. Because it just takes so long. So how long? So I'm just all over the place. Yeah, right it now. seems like it. <laughs> it seems like you're just like a Renaissance man of stuff. I, yeah, I mean, I do love all that. I'm very like distracted, and I, maybe not distracted, but I, I have way too many projects going on. And then there's just a ton of knives and armor and things that I'm trying to do for myself, just to learn and, and for fun. So, being a teacher, uh, you know, you you said you've been doing that for 20 years when. When did you know, again, this might be too personal, but when did you notice your son started having the knack for art? For art? And do, oh you, do you teach him the same way you would teach somebody at school? Uh, you know, one of the things, like he, he's, I've noticed he had the knack for it very early on. Like when most kids were holding a pencil, like, you know, they were going to stab something or whatever. He was like, had this little delicate grip on it and could draw. And just like, I don't know, he was always really good at it. And that's what made me realize that like, I think talent can be natural born, you know, like, because he didn't, it wasn't that he worked on it. It's just that like generations of my family have done it. And, um, so he started early. I don't teach him. I try not to like influence him too. I mean, the influence I'm sure is just there because he sees it and, and whatever, but I try not to, I'm not like one of those 
Asian parents forcing their kid to play piano or anything, and then they're going to hate it. Um, I just like, if you want to do it, I'll help you. If you want help, I'll, I'll give it to you. If you don't, that's fine. Like he doesn't like painting from or drawing from live things. And I prefer that. Um, so he's, you know, he's got a crazy imagination with it and he's great on the iPad. He's taught me a lot about the iPad, but he's just a natural and I just let him go. You know, and he was a natural kind of when he started playing guitar and, and stuff too. Like he just played by ear. We're like playing queen solos together or whatever. Like he just does it by ear. And so he's got a lot of talent and, and skills and, but there was a point where I would see, like, he, he'd fill up more sketchbooks than most people I knew who were either my students or adults and things. So he did work at it, and he's pretty obsessive with it. But I try, if he wants help, you know, I'll give it to him. And we've sat down and, like, painted, you know, Fruit from Life or, or copied Old Master paintings, and he can do it. He's really good at it. And then he's just like, ah, I don't know if I like that as much. I like to make it up. So that's great. You know, I let him go with that, too. It's not like a competitive nature, like, oh, I gotta be better than dead. I mean, I think he does, he does have that a little bit, you know, and I think that's okay. I try to, I try to like remind him that I have a little bit of a head start. Right. <laughs> but there's always the competition. And, yeah, and, and it's healthy, everything. I think. Yeah, yeah. If we can keep it like just so that you're growing as a way to like have a goal instead of just, you know, being complacent. But, I mean, we play, we've, lately he's been into basketball and I mean, there's competitive with that and I, I don't, say about basketball that much but i'm playing with him and i'll make you know i'll try and push him a little bit to be better at it because when he plays with his friends then he'll be he'll be better right all right i have two last questions and it's questions i asked uh all my guests okay uh well first of all were you into tool before you did any because again you say you're friends with corin um so i mean you might have saw the progression somewhat of the band right in some level? I mean, I definitely, you know, in the 90s, 2000s, was, had listened to them in school, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, don't, I actually didn't own any albums or anything, but I don't even own any, too many albums nowadays because it's just like Spotify and it's in iTunes and all that stuff. But yeah, no, I wouldn't say I was a huge fan, but I definitely knew their music videos and I, and I knew their music and we listened to them while painting and things like that. But I, um, there was, a big quiet period where I didn't see them before they were coming back out with their album. So I wouldn't say I was, um, you know, compared to what I've seen, yeah. you know, since being involved. <laughs> compared yeah, to the guy you're not. probably talking to right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I, but I love music and sure, I like sure. all kinds of things. Um, the question I have is, do you have like a favorite tool song? I would say no, I don't. I don't think I have a favorite one. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. next question. Um, do you have, so this podcast obviously, you know, focuses on tool and, and that old thing, but it also is like collecting. Uh, mm-hmm. is there anything that you, I know you make the knives, but is there any, like, I, I guess I'd call it like nerd culture or any, anything in general that you collect or like, you know, seek out? Yeah. I mean, definitely knives for a while. I was collecting a lot from like makers that I looked up to, you know, either master Smiths or journeyman Smiths or, or just guys that make cool stuff. Absolutely. Kind of got a little bit carried away with that for a while. And I don't, it's, it's partially right now because of where I live, the high altitude seems to affect like the materials, like with drying them out and everything, but, and just like, you know, money expensive to collect stuff like that but i do love it and i have a decent collection of knives 
I've been into the engraving recently, so now I'm collecting some engravers a bit, just little pendants or zippos or lighters or, you know, whatever. Um, I do love that. But part of it is also for learning because I want to do this. I'm doing those things too. Um, I've got, you know, a small collection of guitars I like, but I don't really obsess about that too much. Most of the stuff I guess I've collected is things that I'm interested in doing myself. So it's, it's partially just because I really like it and I want it around for inspiration or I want to learn from it or, you know, whatever. So yeah, I would say the knives were the, maybe the more recent uh, collecting thing that I was Ooh. dealing with. What do you jam out on when you play guitar? I heard you say Queen earlier. Yeah, I mean, just like, I love classic rock stuff for sure. I'll have, I kind of come from a more bluesy rock background in, in guitar. I'm not trained at all. I've been playing for many years now. Um, yeah, it, it's all over the place. I mean, I actually play with Jeff Mendrop, who, you know, again, who lives next door. Yeah. So we're kind of working on some things again. We wrote a lot of music. Um, the guys I, I played in a band with when we were in school, when we got out of school, we were just playing all over LA, like clubs and stuff. And we wrote all our own music, sort of a mix of classic rock, kind of stoner metal, kind of little Johnny Cash country style, some surf rock. You know, everybody's influences came into it. Um, lately, I've been really doing a lot of Pink Floyd stuff. Any, any of it recorded, your, your band? Um, it was recorded, yeah. With nothing, it's not on any of the platforms. I mean, we, were, we had a MySpace back then, but um, yeah, there's some things out there here and there, but not too much. We were kind of more of a real like live party band nice. setup. But now I'm just like kind of into learning songs and just playing them and, and just kind of strumming guitar and singing along, you know, and, and then maybe like jamming with, with my friends and stuff. But thinking about maybe new musical projects I could do. Like for that show we're going to do, that sure. Dark Western show, I kind of want to write like a, That'd be a fucking a awesome. More, more <laughs> Coney style, like Western yeah. theme song or something. Yeah. That would be freaking so, awesome. I can't wait for that. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see how that goes. I definitely have to get to work on it. It's been a while since I did a show. I'm trying to imagine it right now. And I, I can see some stuff in my brain in like your style, but uh, yeah, I really can't wait to see that. I guess. So my last. Yeah, I've qu- done. I posted a few paintings like of my darker Western themes. Uh, you know, there's a few up on my website, like Stagecoach things or whatever. But now I don't. I don't the, the direction I'm going to go, we'll see. I'm not totally sure. I have a lot of ideas, and we'll see how much space I have to do it. But how much? I want to explore the Donner Party. Right. American cannibalism. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm very familiar with the Donner Party. Yeah, um, that'd, be good. that'd be wild. Um. How how much uh, like do you ever draw anything like not human or I mean I would say not real. I mean, in some way, yeah. Like right now, because I'm doing those the for the engraving stuff, like the it's all like acanthus leaves and scrolls based on like more graphic, and and I do a lot more drawing in that. I'm really trying to learn that. I'm studying books, and like that's a lot of drawing. Not I mean. Hopefully they end up looking kind of shaded and real, but it's more like decorative stuff and stuff I've seen. You know, I'm studying it when I go to Rome and the churches and things like that too. So absolutely now I'm doing a lot of that. And, and I would say that it starts pretty abstractly and just design-based swirls and, sure. and glowing elements. That sounds awesome as well. Um, do you have any pictures up of those engravings on your Instagram or anything? Yeah, there's a few scattered here and there. Fair definitely. enough. I'll post yeah. some with and, the... Uh, unplanned right now, but 
right? Hard. Um, so last question, because you're a teacher, uh, what would be like one piece of advice you'd give somebody who's yeah, you know just starting out or just wanting to get into business or literally maybe something you wish you would have known when you were starting out? Any, any, any nugget of knowledge that you could give? I mean, something that I've felt more recently is like that, that painting has become my job. So I don't ever do it for fun anymore. And I'm always kind of looking for that, that it's there. I love it, you know, but like I only do it when it's for money. And I think to remember to just first and foremost, do it for yourself, which wouldn't help somebody who's starting a business, but like making a business out of your, your hobby doesn't make it more fun. No, you might get rewarded with money, but like at some point, that's why I do knives and that's why I, do engraving and that's why I'm like needing to play guitar twice a day or whatever, you know, or four times a day because I do need creative outlets that are just for me and just for fun. Um, and through doing that, I'm kind of like, you know, trying to find the love for painting again, or at least like doing it for myself. So I think that's the most important thing. Like if you'd like art and do art, just remember to do it for yourself first, because that's why we did it in the first place. This is going to be a weird question, but do you think you'll be able to find that spark again? It's there, you know, it's still there. I like, I'm, I know like, like on my Instagram feed when I'm looking at things or not my feed, but like the Explorer page or whatever, there's plenty of paintings and it's, it's, there's so much inspiration there. I'm reading a, a biographies on Caravaggio, the painter now, and I love his story and everything. So yeah, it's, it's there. And I just need to like put some time aside to make art for myself. I did a little bit of a self-portrait the other day based on, you know, I just got back from Rome, so I'm like, I've got tons of inspiration right now. But, but it's almost hard for me because I have to, I'm inspired by the armor I saw, I'm inspired by the, the knives and swords I saw, and I'm inspired by the paintings I saw, and I'm inspired by all the scroll and grit and carvings I saw. So now i got to, like, kind of keep it together. And I'm sure it's hard, too, because, like, you're probably constantly getting asked to do stuff I mean, it's your job. So, I mean, you're constantly drawing for money. It's, I'm sure it's hard. I'm a chef by trade, you know? Oh, awesome. I love cooking. <laughs> I do. I bake sourdough bread. I do. I make pizzas. I got to go make some dough right now. So I love all that too. So, Another it, problem. you know, people ask me all the time, like, what's your favorite thing to cook? Um, or what's your favorite thing to eat? I'm like, anything I don't have to cook, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can feel that because when I spend the whole day cooking something, I don't care to eat it at the end, but I enjoy, I really do enjoy cooking a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, I can get that feeling and, and my favorite times to cook are when I'm not at work It's when I'm at home with family and I'm like, you're actually going to enjoy this, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I think it's very related. I think cooking is such an art form in itself and that very much relates to all the things I do, it's, yeah. except in the end you get to eat it, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. And I guess the, like where I was getting with that is like, it's hard to find the time to do it for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, absolutely. All my time and energy that I have to do it for work to pay the bills of, you know, living in California, like there's no energy left for it. You know? And that's it. It's just not that I don't love it. It's just that it's become the thing that makes money and I wouldn't want to make money any other way. I don't think it's a bad way to make money at all either. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a pretty cool way. Uh, yeah, oh. I think it's great. Sean Cheatham, thank you so much for coming on. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, Had a great time. Yeah, this was super fun. And, and 
again, if you ever do another tool painting, I'd love to have you back on. I'd, I'd be very curious to know what you'd, you'd do differently. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've got ideas, so we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, can you do me a favor and kind of tell people where they should go if they want to find more of your work, they want to buy, you know, a very expensive painting of yours <laughs> or something? Yeah, I don't, like I don't put too many paintings for sale, but you can find me on Instagram, just Sean Cheatham. I don't I think it's Instagram slash Sean Cheatham, and that also links up to my Facebook, which I don't know how many people use nowadays. I guess tool, tool communities on there a lot, but. Um, and my website is uh, seancheatandfineart.com. Again, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you and, very uh, much.